millions of Christians face intense persecution and risk their lives for the sake of the gospel. Vom Oz Radio supports persecuted Christians, giving a voice to the testimony of those who have been denied a voice. Our programs inform and encourage Christians in Australia and around the world to mobilize and to stand with our persecuted brothers and sisters in Christ. Welcome to Vom Oz Radio, voice for the persecuted. For the next 25 minutes or so, you have the opportunity to learn how to reach out to Muslims with friendship. And you're about to be prepared for how to engage when those friendships lead to conversations about Jesus Christ. Fuad Masri is our guest. He is the founder and the president of the Crescent Project. For the last 30 years, the Crescent Project has taught Christians how to share their faith with Muslims. Fuad Masri has written a new book called Sharing Jesus with Muslims. He started telling us about it last week. If you missed that conversation, I hope you'll go listen to it. Let's get back to part two of our conversation with Fuad Masri. We had a previous guest here, and he he talked about the fact that a lot of Islamic teaching almost inoculates you against the gospel like some of it almost seems like they planned it so that when you came along and shared the gospel for instance you know we want to share a bible with you well muslims are taught the bible's been changed you can't trust it it's been changed we want to talk to you about jesus well you know jesus was just a man yes he was a prophet but he was not the son of god he was just a man it's almost like they've been sort of trained against <laughs> christian teaching how do you work past some of those defenses in in conversation yeah islam was not finished for a while when they when they started islam you, you read the old writings you find that even you know the prophet of islam muhammad was trying to be more like christian and the jews that were all the same thing and then later you find that they added some more uh, we think the quran was not really collected till until abdul malik bin marwan maybe maybe because some of the older manuscripts of the quran are you know, today the Quran is 114 chapters. The old manuscripts had 40 or 70. So we're thinking like, what happened? Where's the addition? So yes, Islam designed, designed itself to kind of rebuttal the Christian faith. Um, the number one thing in the book, we do something what we call conversational apologetics. Uh, many times, if you look at the life of Jesus, it was the way he asked questions or told stories, uh, like the prodigal son story. So that's that's one way to do this. In the book, I love that you you literally have lists of questions like, hey, ask this question. Hey, raise this issue. So there's again, I don't have to have a Ph.D. in Islamic studies and you're not trying to debate or argue. You're just saying, hey, what about this? What do you think about this? I, I love that part of the book. And I think it's such a great tool for us at, to get ready for these conversations. Amen. And the question shows respect and gives them a room to answer. So now they're using their logic, they're using their thinking, which is always the best thing you could do for your Muslim friend is help them think, help them, like how can Jesus be the word of God and just be a man? Is he the word of God? Then he's more than a man, because that's what the Quran says. Quran says he's the word of God. The other thing when we talk about ministry, and this is very important, always pray for sincere heart. The Bible says, you will find me when you seek me with all your heart. 
So sincerity is important. And on top of that, pray for God to move in their life. So I was just talking to Rahman, an Afghan, who's being helped by a church. He said to me, the Christians are amazing. They're taking care of me here. But I had a dream. And God is moving in his dream, and he asked me to interpret the dream. So suddenly, the conversation is moving beyond, you know, who's Jesus, son of Mary, is why did I have that dream? <laughs> you know, why Jesus is in my dream? So uh, the other the other thing that it's very important, when you're following the Spirit of God by listening, you understand how to answer the question. So if I'm talking to somebody and they say, you know, I have, I have cousins in Syria, I don't know where they are. You know, I, I can't get hold of them. Or I have friends in Turkey. Even a prayer, say, hey, I'm going to pray that God will get you to connect with them. And they connect with them. Oh, now Jesus gets the glory. Now they're asking the question, oh, we prayed, and this is what happened. How useful are the testimonies of other MBBs? And I'm, you know, I'm thinking I'm biased, but we've had MBBs here on VOM Radio that I think people could send a link and say, hey, what do you think about this Saudi guy who's following Jesus now? How how useful is that in helping our Muslim friends ask some of these questions and start to seek some of those answers? Yes, it, it, always. Any testimony, any testimony God used, and specifically when it's somebody from Muslim background, especially if they're from the same country or same you know kind of denomination, sect, like if they're Sunni, Shia, Alawite, uh, we're sharing the gospel with the Alawite, and the uh, first thing they ask, do you know any other Alawites like me who became believers? And I'm like, <laughs> I know some, yes, but they're not here to introduce their, uh, to induce them. But the powerful thing is the Muslim background believer shows that God is, is saving people and it connects with them. Yes, we would like to see more of those. So I love it when they put their testimony on YouTube. Uh, sometimes it's hard. They, they cannot do that. Uh, one Saudi sister she told me, if we were in Minnesota, she told me, I'm going to have my video on YouTube. And I was worried. I said, please be careful. Well, she sent me the link. What she did is she wore the Saudi abaya, <laughs> where you can only see the eyes. <laughs> and she shared her whole story in Saudi Arabic. Wow. Uh, and, you know, with the slang, which I loved how God gave her this wisdom to say, okay, I'm going to wear the Saudi garb. I'm going to speak Saudi. And go figure. You can't. You can't find her. You just see a black blanket <laughs> on camera. And God is so good because that testimony. Someone else is asking questions. Now again, this is very important for us as believers. Our role is not to convert. Our role is to shine the light. If Jesus is the light of the world. We reflect His light and trust His goodness, His sovereignty, His holiness. To draw people to himself. One of the things that you talk about in the book, and you address some of some of these things that Muslims believe that are a defense against the gospel or a defense against Christian truth. One of them that honestly I haven't seen before is is the Paul myth. Uh, the idea that Jesus was just a man, and then Paul came along and decided, well, hey, I'm going to create a religion around this guy Jesus. Maybe share a little bit about that, what, what that teaching is. But then how how prevalent is that among Muslims to saying, oh, yeah, this Christianity thing, Paul just made that up. Because of YouTube and uh, the social media, it's starting to get, you know, going around like the Gospel of Barnabas. And we answer the Gospel of Barnabas, but the Gospel of Barnabas is a corrupt gospel. It was written sometime 1300s. 
So they were using it, but now the history shows that it's not good book, and it has things against the Islam in the book. So because <laughs> he had his own brand of Islam, this guy. So uh, to make no story short, they don't want to touch the Gospel of Barnabas. So the idea of the Paul myth is a common thing that the epistles were written before the Gospels. And so we address that directly, number one, because he was trying to destroy the Christians, and then he became the number one proponent for them. So, which means, wait a second, like, if he really was trying to destroy it, why would he die for it? Why would Paul die talking about Jesus, you know? I, I understand that he wanted to destroy Christianity, but it seems that there was a change. The other thing about um, the Paul myth we asked people, and that happened one time in the state of Indiana, an engineer from Palestinian background, Sunni Muslim, brought the red letter Bible, and he said to me, I only believe in the red letters. I don't want to believe in the epistles. And I said, okay, let's read the red letters. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says, you know, anyone who commits sin is a slave for sin. So I said, okay, let's follow the red letters. And what happens in that the conversation is you push him to make a decision. Is Jesus worthy to follow? Uh, Jesus says, I and my Father are one. Do you believe in that? Uh, Christ asked a beautiful question. Who do you say that I am? I mean, that question is resonating throughout the centuries, not only to Muslims, to everybody, including today's you know, evangelicals. Who do you say I am? Am I more important than the president? Am I more important than the constitution? Am I more important than you know, luxury? So who do you say that I am? And that's the, the Paul myth is we... We say, okay, Paul wrote these epistles, but there was a community. There was a, uh, there are other other uh, texts that that show that Jesus is the only way. And I, I love the book of John is amazing. John eight, nine, and ten. Just these three chapters are very powerful on the character of Christ. And I think of this going back to the Bridges curriculum. After you know, I took a group at our church through the Bridges curriculum, and I came out of it thinking, well, this is not just about talking to Muslims about Jesus. This is about talking about to anyone about Jesus. How much is that true for this book as well? I mean, the book is called Sharing Jesus with Muslims, but how much of it crosses over to talking to a Hindu or talking to an atheist who just thinks, well, there there is no God. God doesn't exist. Yeah, many, many of the principles are scripture. I mean, I always tell people uh, our job as believers is not necessarily bringing anything new. I mean, you know, the word of God is rich. So I'm just reminding people of what's in the word of God. So you're, you're right, Todd. I mean, God can use the concepts and the principles with anybody. We wanted to kind of focus on Muslims because that's many times people ignore them. And it's sad. You, you meet Muslims who have lived in this country and they will tell you, I have no Christian friends. And it's shocking, like, why don't I have Christian friends? We can be their friends. They don't have to become believers. We can just be friends and, I don't know, go have hummus together, kebabs or something. So that's what we wanted to focus on. The second thing is if someone has enough courage and feels pre prepared, and they feel prepared to share with Muslims, then every other religion, it's easier. Because, you know, our biggest fear is that, you know, Islam. And if we, if we conquer that fear and feel confident sharing our faith, then we can share with Hindu, Mormon, uh, Jehovah Witness. And, and it is true that today uh, there is a, even an attack on believers. Many times you'll be sitting and once you say you're born again Christian or evangelical, they immediately box us, put us in a box or 
you know, like, oh, you probably watched this channel or you probably voted this way. I understand. It's okay. Uh, what I want to share is this. God never loses a generation, even when the church was weak and could not necessarily defend itself. God used that for his glory. Uh, this is not the first time they're trying to wipe out the gospel. And they will not be able to do it because the church is not being built by people. If it was built by people, it would have been over, you know, 2,000 years ago. It's Jesus who's building his church. And Jesus says it's like a mustard seed that will grow. So what's happening now in many Muslim countries, including countries like Iran, is the tree is growing. Yep. And it's okay. Maybe, you know, maybe Americans have an issue with evangelicals. Okay. It's all right. Relax. God is on the throne and he is building his kingdom. <laughs> One of the things that you point out as we talk about reaching Muslims, as we talk about Muslims coming to faith in Christ, is the need for community. Uh, and, and we talked about it earlier. Often they will be kicked out of their community because they have chosen to follow Christ. How would you advise us as as Christians and also as churches, as our churches want to become that community around new believers from a Muslim background, just give us some advice to to yeah. help us think about that. Yeah, in the book we highlight the first thing is time. You know, I, I love Americans and we value time, but that's what young believers, you know, need. They need some time. And I'm not saying necessarily to shut down on everything you're doing, but it would be good. There are many ways we can engage with Muslim uh, Muslims to have fun with them and become friends, or if they become believers, now they're brothers and sisters in Christ. So we need to spend time with them, whether invite them to Bible study or activities at church, or maybe they come to your home or you go to their home, or you do something regularly. Could be could be sports, could be a meal, maybe cooking together, or could be traveling to a place uh, and studying, maybe helping them with their education. Maybe they need some help uh, with English, you know, conversations, how to learn English. So that's very good, especially we see that with refugees and students who are really in need of help. It's just, it heightens it. They come, they don't know where to go. They don't know where are the doctors. So that's that's very important. The second thing with with uh, what we're doing as Christian Project, we feel investing in Muslim background believers will bring a lasting impact because they can reach their family, their extended family, their country. They understand the culture and the language. So yes, I'm from Lebanon, but I'm not Moroccan. I'm not Senegali. I'm not Bengali. So yeah, maybe there's some things closer, but a Bengali will be able to share the gospel with somebody from Bangladesh better than even an Arab sharing. So uh, we are investing in young uh, Muslim background believers. Our prayer that this year will have 30 Muslim background believers that we invest in and uh, uh, give them leadership skills and that they will expand the work and the ministry. So if somebody's listening and has someone in their in their community that is a Muslim background believer, please take the time, spend time praying with them, invest the time in Connect us with them. We'd love to invest in them. And if their if their leadership shines, we'd love for them to be engaging with us and serving with us. Huad Masri, we always try to finish up to help our listeners pray. So I want to ask you two prayer questions. Uh, one is, how can we pray for you and for Crescent Project and for the work that you're doing? The second question, though, is how can we pray for the Muslims that are around us, the, the Muslims that we work with? that live down the street, that that go to school with our kids, 
how can we pray for those and how can we pray for you and for the Crescent Project? Yes, yes. Thanks, Todd. Amen, brother. We believe in prayer. I was uh, on, a, on a TV interview on the, on the Turkish earthquake and the Syrian disaster that it left. And I, I asked people to pray. I said, you know, if, if people are men, we are men of prayer, we are women of prayer. So pray God will move. Pray for Crescent Project. We have a huge a task ahead of us. We are now in, in 96 countries and our goal is to be in 120 in the next three years. Wow. So people can go to our website, click and join the prayer network. Uh, they will have updates. Pray that God will send staff, send supporters, partners, and God will use these activities like the earthquake and uh, some of our things we're doing in India and Indonesia will use those for the spirit of his kingdom. Uh, we pray also for protection for our staff. We have Muslim background believers we're working with and they're on our team or their volunteers pray for their protection so Christ will get the glory. Now praying for our Muslim neighbors, pray that God will bless them. Pray that God will put them in a situation that they will ask about Jesus. Pray that they will have a dream about Jesus. Uh, many times people, you know, I pray for them and out of the blue they would say to me, you know, we know you're a pastor, so what what is your like spiel? What's what what's what's difference? I was talking to Khalid. <laughs> from, <laughs> I was talking to Khalid from Jordan. He goes, okay, okay, tell me what did Jesus bring that's new? You know, <laughs> so the exciting part, he opened the door for me. God already set it up. Oh, God, Jesus brought many things new. Love your neighbor, love your enemy, repent, come to me, abide in me. <laughs> so so I, I love how our Lord works and the joy of ministry, the joy of ministry is enjoying being with Jesus. Yes, we rejoice when people get saved. But it's this joy that we are disciples of Christ. Our names are written in the book of life. He will never leave us nor forsake us. So as we pray, pray in joy, pray in praise. Thank you. And it doesn't matter what men do. If God is with us, who can be against us? Who can be against us? Fuad, it is always exciting to be with you and to see the joy that you have 30 years into doing this ministry. There is still a sense of excitement. There's still a sense of anticipation about what God is doing. Thank you for sharing. Thank you for writing this book and for being our guest this week. Thank you, Don. Great to be with you again. Christians in hostile nations may live far from us. As believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax deductible in Australia. This has been a production of Vom Oz Radio, Voice for the Persecuted.